when your mind, this is this, this, this whole 40% rule that I talk about all the time that I made up a long time ago. I started making it up through pain. Tell them what that is, would you go? So basically the 40% rule is I am a strong believer that we quit. Because why? How the 297-pound cockroach guy right. who quit on everything is now considered one of the best men on the planet. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. It means I had to change one thing, my mindset. Mm -hmm. So there's no way in hell that that was it, but that was. That guy was in me. Well, that guy came down here and said, hey, guess what, man? You're a fat ass, but I'm going to now make you a badass. I'm going to miracle this to be a badass. No, it was in me. I had to believe and make that belief work. And through hard work, I did that. So the 40% rule is like we have a, like a car. Some cars have a governor on it. And when you get to like 92 miles an hour, that car starts doing this because it can't go any faster. Those cars that don't have governors on, like a, like a fast ass, whatever, Porsche, whatever, I'm a bury it, gone. We have that ability in us, but we have put this governor on our minds. And you have to, the factory that put the governor on that car, the factory is now you that put this shit on your mind. You gotta take that off. Until you take it off, you're gonna constantly get to 92 miles an hour and do this. Because you ain't gonna go no faster. As a matter of fact, you might even go slower. So basically, I started realizing this through my life, through going through all these times. Our culture has become hooked on the quick fix, the life hack efficiency. Everyone is on the hunt for that simple action algorithm that nets maximum profit with the least amount of effort. There's no denying this attitude may get you some of the trappings of success, if you're lucky, but it will not lead to a callous mind or self-mastery. If you want to master the mind and remove your governor, you'll have to become addicted to hard work because passion and obsession, even talent, are only useful tools if you have the work ethic to back them up. My work ethic is the single most important factor in all of my accomplishments. Everything else is secondary. And when it comes to hard work, whether in the gym or on the job, the 40 rule applies to me a 40-hour work week is a 40% effort. It may be satisfactory, but that's another word for mediocrity. Don't settle for a 40-hour work week. There are 168 hours in a week. That means you have the hours to put in that extra time at work without skimping on your exercise. It means streamlining your nutrition, spending quality time with your wife and kids. It means scheduling your life like you're on a 24-hour mission every single day. The number one excuse I hear from people as to why they don't work out as much as they want to is that they don't have time. Look, we all have work obligations. None of us want to lose sleep, and you'll need time with the family or they'll trip the fuck out. I get it, and if that's your situation, you must win the morning. When I was full-time with the SEALs, I maximized the dark hours before dawn. When my wife was sleeping, I would bang out a six to 10 mile run. My gear was all laid out the night before. My lunch was packed and my work clothes were in my locker at work where I showered before my day started at 7.30 a.m. On a typical day, I'd be out the door for my run just after 4 a.m. And back by 5.15 a.m., since that wasn't enough for me and because we only owned one car, I rode my bike. I finally got my own sh 25 miles to work. 
I work from 7.30 a.m. to noon and eat at my desk before or after my lunch break. During the lunch hour, I'd hit the gym or do a four to six mile beach run, work the afternoon shift and hop on my bike for the 25 mile ride home. By the time I was home at 7 p.m., I'd have run about 15 miles, rock 50 miles on the bike and put in a full day at the office. I was always home for dinner and in bed by 10 p.m. so I could do it all over again the next day. On Saturdays, I'd sleep in until 7 a.m., hit a three-hour workout, and spend the rest of the weekend with Kate. If I didn't have a race, Sundays were my active recovery days. I'd do an easy ride at a low heart rate, keeping my pulse below 110 beats per minute to stimulate healthy blood flow. Maybe you think I'm a special case or an obsessive maniac. Fine, I won't argue with you. But what about my friend Mike? He's a big-time financial advisor in New York City. His job is high pressure, and his workday is a hell of a lot longer than eight hours. He has a wife and two kids, and he's an ultra runner. Here's how he does it. He wakes up at 4 a.m. Every weekday, he runs 60 to 90 minutes each morning while his family is still snoozing rides a bike to work and back and does a quick 30-minute treadmill run after he gets home. He goes out for longer runs on weekends, but he minimizes its impact on his family obligation. He's high-powered, wealthy as f- and could easily maintain his status quo with less effort and enjoy the sweet fruits of his labors, but he finds a way to stay hard because his labors are his sweetest fruits, and he makes time to get it all in by minimizing the amount of bullshit clogging his schedule. His priorities are clear, and he remains dedicated to his priorities. I'm not talking about general priorities here either. Each hour of his week is dedicated to a particular task, and when that hour shows up in real time, he focuses 100% on that task. That's how I do it too, because that is the only way to minimize wasted hours. Evaluate your life in its totality. We all waste so much time doing meaningless bull We burn hours on social media and watching television, which by the end of the year would add up to entire days and weeks if you tabulated time like you do your taxes. You should, because if you knew the truth, you'd deactivate your Facebook account stat and cut your cable. When you find yourself having frivolous conversations or becoming ensnared in activities that don't better you in any way, move the f*** on. It's more important to to own your weaknesses. You got to really triple down on those, man. Because why? You want to become a full human being. We like to run away from weaknesses. Like for instance, if you're good at running, all you want to do is run. Mm. If you're great at reading, you have several books. But we don't do those things that we're not good at. So for me, I realized I keep on running away from these things I'm not good at. I have to dive into these things. I have to become one with these things. And that's what happened. And so I, I, I own them both. Yeah. And I talk very openly about them both. For years, I've lived like a monk. I don't see or spend time with a lot of people. My circle is very tight. I post on social media once or twice a week and I never check anybody else's feeds because I don't follow anyone. That's just me. I'm not saying you need to be that unforgiving because you and I probably don't share the same goals. But I know you have goals too and room for improvement. And I guarantee that if you audited your schedule, you'd find time for more work and less bullshit. 
it's up to you to find ways to eviscerate your bull. How much time do you spend at the dinner table talking about nothing after the meal is done? How many calls and texts do you send for no reason at all? Look at your whole life. List your obligations and tasks. Put a timestamp on them. How many hours are required to shop, eat, and clean? What's your commute like? Can you make it there under your own power? Block everything at the windows of time. And once your day is scheduled out, you'll know how much flexibility you have to exercise on a given day and how to maximize it. Perhaps you aren't looking to get fit, but have been dreaming of starting a business of your own or have always wanted to learn a language or an instrument you're obsessed with. Fine, the same rule applies. Analyze your schedule, kill your empty habits, burn out the bullshit, and see what's left. Is it one hour per day? Three? Now maximize that That means listing your prioritized tasks every hour of the day. You can even narrow it down to 15-minute windows. And don't forget to include backstops in your day-to-day schedule. Remember how I forgot to include backstops in my race plan at Ultraman. You need backstops in your day-to-day schedule too. If one task bleeds into overtime, make sure you know it and begin to transition into your next prioritized task straight away. Use your smartphone for productivity hacks, not clickbait. Turn on your calendar alerts. Have those alarms set. If you audit your life, skip the bull and use backstops, you'll find time to do everything you need and want to do. But remember that you also need rest. So schedule that in. Listen to your body. Sneak in those 10 to 20 minute power naps when necessary and take one full rest day per week. If it's a rest day, truly allow your mind and body to relax. Turn your phone off. Keep the computer shut down. A rest day means you should be relaxed, hanging with friends or family and eating and drinking well so you can recharge and get back at it. It's not a day to lose yourself in technology or stay hunched at your desk in the form of a damn question mark. The whole point of the 24-hour mission is to keep up a championship pace, not for a season or a year, but for your entire life. That requires quality rest and recovery time because there is no finish line. There is always more to learn and you will always have weaknesses to strengthen if you want to become as hard as woodpecker lips hard enough to hammer countless miles and finish that strong. Would you say you've built this almost like sadistic quality where you almost enjoy the pain? I don't enjoy it. It's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary. So every morning I wake up, it's not just about working out, but for me, working out has been a very big part of my mental growth. So for me, if I am not challenging myself every day, and I swear to God, people will not believe it. I was over almost 300 pounds twice in my life. A person that does that twice in his life does not enjoy cardiovascular activity. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So people can put anything they want to in their head. I did realize one thing. The things I don't enjoy that I still do, that's where growth is at. Mm. And that's, for me, the only place growth is at. Mm is in that very uncomfortable, you know, in that uncomfortable zone.
Yeah. So I have to visit it every single day. The main objective here is to slowly start to remove the governor from your brain. First, a quick reminder of how this process works. In 1999, when I weighed 297 pounds, my first run was a quarter mile. Fast forward to 2007, I ran 205 miles in 39 hours, nonstop. I didn't get there overnight, and I don't expect you to either. Your job is to push past your normal stopping point. Whether you are running on a treadmill or doing a set of push-ups, get to the point where you are so tired and in pain that your mind is begging you to stop. Then push just 5 to 10% further. If the most push-ups you have ever done is 100 in a workout, do 105 or 110. If you normally run 30 miles each week, run 10% more next week. This gradual ramp up will help prevent injury and allow your body and mind to slowly adapt to your new workload. It also resets your baseline, which is important because you're about to increase your workload another 5 to 10% the following week and the week after that. There is so much pain and suffering involved in physical challenges that it's the best training to take command of your inner dialogue and the newfound mental strength and confidence you gain by continuing to push yourself physically will carry over to other aspects in your life. You will realize that if you were underperforming in your physical challenges, there is a good chance you were underperforming at school and work too. The bottom line is that life is one big mind game. The only person you are playing against is yourself. Stick with this process and soon what you thought was impossible will be something you do every day of your life.